Book Interrupted has been nominated for a People's Choice Podcast Award. We'd like to thank our fans for all your support. Voting is still open if you'd like to vote for us at www.podcastawards.com. We can be found under the leisure section. Thanks again! Would you feel more comfortable on an improv stage or canoeing in the backcountry? Find out which Book Interrupted member you're most like by visiting www.bookinterrupted.com forward slash members. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. Cheating and having a book affair reading this one. I've never thought history has been more interesting. Like, it, it is a book that you could read a little bit of and then put away. Circle back <laughs> to the circles. It wasn't a torture for me. Leah predicted, made a prediction of all of oh, us. Oh yeah, I did, whether I forgot. We... My Disrupted. Mind, body, and soul. Inspiration is the goal. And we're gonna talk it out. On Book Interrupted. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from August 1st to September 5th. It's Leah's book pick, and we're reading Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. Sapiens explores how human history has shaped our societies, the plants and animals around us, and even our personalities. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. I wrote down, so I have like, this is all the notes I took for Sapiens. I went back and I was like, oh, just these quotes. Like, because the book was like so interesting. But um, I only wrote a couple of things, but there's so much to talk about, even in just like this brief, this brief. Well, thank goodness you got stuff, because I've got nothing to, I made it to chapter two. <laughs> so, oh, really? What? So please, like, fill in. I'd love to know. Oh, my goodness. Bob gets, you uh, only made it to chapter two? Favorite. Yeah. Chapter two, like, what do you mean when you say chapter two? Do you mean like, did you make like, it to the agricultural revolution? The nah. tree of knowledge, chapter two? No, like not, I didn't make it to part two. Oh, part two. Oh, okay. I, okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Um, but yeah, this is one of Bob's favorite books. So he has caught me up to speed on a, a bunch of things, but then it's always interwoven with things that he already knows and then wants to share his expertise on. So, <laughs> but no, I was busy cheating because I couldn't find my book. So I was busy cheating and having a book affair reading this one instead and then i finally found sapiens and but i was like but i want to finish this one it was it was a real conundrum <laughs> yay i thought you were going to do the audiobook Carol. i was going to but i didn't want to give up on because i knew it was in my house somewhere well i thought leah had it no no it turns out that copy. was my mom's copy yeah that you cut <laughs> yeah but i bought her a new one <laughs> Uh, but did you did you tell her right cover. away? Oh, Ooh, it. Gorgeous! It comes apart into its two parts for oh, travel because I need to finish this section still. So I didn't finish either. So don't feel bad. It's a lot of book. It's not really a realistic pick um, for the timeline. I know some of you 
probably read a lot faster than I do. But that was, I don't, did anyone finish, finish? I did. I did. Good wow. for you. I know it was hard to put it. And I was motivated and I, I personally thought like, fuck, I've never thought history has been more interesting, but it was, it was hard. I felt in six weeks, whatever it was, it was hard to finish. Leah in her, I was just doing the show notes for episode one of Sapiens and yeah. uh, Leah predicted, made a prediction of all of oh, us yeah, I of did. whether I we, we would read I got it the wrong. book or not read the book. You were pretty close. You said, Kara, the, there's no way she'd there's finish no it. And Kim and I would enjoy it, but not finish it. And both of us finished it. And, and I didn't enjoy thought. it. Yeah, and Meredith, said, I just assume she reads while sleeping. She's already reading while she's walking. She probably reads while she's asleep too. <laughs> I just, I think I like, I think I for, for went some sleep to read the book. I had trouble putting yeah. it down. I love this book. I know I loved it. And that's and what you Sarah said about Sarah. Her. Yeah. You said, Sarah, you're like, I'm going to punish Sarah and she's going to be, she's going to be all stressed, forced to stay up every night reading it. Yeah. I know you're yeah, like, Sarah will like, finish it, but she'll like kill herself yeah. to finish it. Yeah. And yeah kill only has three it. kids to take care of. You said something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really love the book. It wasn't a torture for me. These circles look interesting. <laughs> I'm just scrolling through. You're, you're such a corporate trainer sometimes, Kara. I know. Look at these diagrams. Circles. No, they are. They're, I was like, oh, this does look, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to circle back to the book is what I'm going to have to do. Circle back to the circles. Circle back to the circles. It gives you a lot um, to think about. I think it's like, it, yeah. it is a book that you could read a little bit of and then put away for a bit and then come back yeah, to. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's pretty easy to have like in the background of your, like, mm -hmm. oh, I need to take a break from whatever you're reading and you just pick that up because it's not an emotional read. No, but it well, is, like from the ashes. Oh, I love it so much. It's we're not so supposed to talk good. about that. No. It is no, we're such not a good pick, Kim. Oh, I love it. I agree. I can't, we can't talk about it. Uh, this is something I wrote down when I was writing it. Uh, this is something you I wrote, wrote down Sapiens. When I was it. <laughs> you wrote Sapiens? Oh my God. It just, it just came to me. <laughs> it just came right out of me. Like gossip, right? And it's revealed. <laughs> my pen name is. You will know Harori used a ghostwriter <laughs> and it's Meredith. Boo! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> While I was reading it, <laughs> I took very little notes, but I read this. Modern science differs from previous, previous traditions of knowledge by a willingness to admit ignorance, centrality of observation in mathematics, and acquisition of new powers. And I think it was interesting, he's talking about the scientific revolution and how part of what made it happen was admitting that we don't know anything. And I think that the internet has kind of made us go the other way. We're in this culture in North America where it's like, fake it till you make it, have confidence whether you know it or not and pretend. And so it's for some reason very risky for people to admit they don't know something. So people just not admit they're ignorant and assume that they know and then just find other people to tell them that they're right. And it's like, it just like feeds us misinformation. And it's kind of a weird place we're in where we got to the scientific revolution and learned all this stuff. And now we're kind of almost like unlearning all the stuff we learned and replacing it with stories and stories that um, support what we think is true. Just like the feelings we have about life. And we're like, oh yeah, they, somebody wrote that story. Was it Meredith? Was it Yuval Noah Harari? Who knows? Um, but I heard that Meredith wrote it, so. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, we've got to this place where like now the internet has made us go in the other direction. And I don't know if there's going to be a different revolution, like a name for that, what we're going through right now. Becoming, we're losing all the knowledge. We, we, not all of it, but we're losing some of it. We're 
choosing which ones to believe. Oh my God. What would the revolution be called? The technological. Technological. I think. Oh, I was, I was going to call it like the like fake news or like. Fake news revolution. Yeah. The Trump toupee. Oh dear. <laughs> Something crazy. The Trump toupee. The Trump That's... toupee. I love it. It's brilliant. That's clearly what it's going to be called. <laughs> clearly. Um, I love what you're clearly. raising here, Meredith, because it's so true. There is way too much information for us to even begin to digest all of it and yeah it is coming at the cost of making a distinction between information and knowledge that we seem to be less and less tapping into even our own inner wisdom let alone the wisdom that has been passed down from our ancestors and everyone's an expert now like how many of us when we get sick before going to the doctor we go on google and we self-diagnose with all the ailments you know that's so interesting what a cool point and then also just even like reading different articles like if you don't know kim was saying in the other one the fake news stuff like you don't you go and snoop through you try to figure out what's real and not real and and it makes me think people regurgitate what they well supposedly i heard this and i heard this and right it's just gossip but there's so much gossip that it's hard to determine what's actually like real and scientific and what's actually just hearsay. And that actually, that comes into play actually since I've been in Canada because so many people have told me what the rules are for coming to Canada for COVID. So many people are like, oh no, no, you have to do this and you can you do this and you can't do that. So it's even hard to figure out any of that information because people keep on getting different information. So it's not like a- Sometimes the person who's the most confident isn't the one who knows the most, right? Like some of the, one of the, if, if I know somebody and they never admit they're wrong, sometimes I question that. Or somebody's like, oh, I was wrong there. I'm like, hmm, I feel like I can trust that person in the future because they're willing to say they were wrong. Mm-hmm. Because um, of their but... transparency. Yeah, for sure. I think totally. Also, I mean, even when we were growing up, you know, you would read, you would trust sources too. So if you were reading an article in the newspaper, it would be quoted by numerous sources. You could look up those sources. They would be academic sources or whatever it is. And now, I mean, so much, unfortunately, so less money is into journalism. So therefore, there's more people, you know, reading the the feeds and then typing news and then that news is misquoted or something. And so we just don't, unfortunately, there's not enough money there for the investigative journalism and, and people just don't look at the sources anymore. They like read mm. one article on Buzzfeed yeah. and think that that's the be all and end all and the answer. Where or even just all... the headline. Just the headline. Like sometimes I have people being like, well, supposedly, and I'm like, did you just read the, he- did you read the article? How many times have you read an article because the headline drew you in and you're like, this isn't even what this is about at all. That's one of my So many times. So many times. Yeah, that's crazy. On the podcast too, like we are trying to hopefully, or I think all the six of us are really into being admitting when we don't know things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's not just the six of us. I think there's a lot of people that are on that kind of trend now of being like, actually, we don't know. And that's, and as you get older, I think something that wisdom is saying you don't know. Hopefully there is that trend going where we're going back to admitting we don't know and doing the research and putting in the time and energy in order to learn and to know the truth as opposed to gossip or whatever Sarah right, was saying. Like, yeah, for and like sure. knowing what you don't know versus not knowing what you don't know. Like not knowing what you don't know is can be dangerous because you're you just I guess ignorance is bliss. 
you know, we talked about that before. Mm -hmm. What it was uh, Squiggy saying, remember? Like, I'm not the expert. I'm just part of the experiment or something. What did it, yeah. it whatever it was, I wanted to make it a t-shirt. Like it was good. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was. I'm not the expert. I'm just part of the experiment. I think yeah, that yeah. was it. That's kind of what, when you're talking, Schweitz, I'm, I'm reminded of. Yeah, just to play devil's advocate here, like, is that maybe a good thing? We're maybe suffering from all of a sudden with the internet and the rapidly changing information pouring into us all the time and the fake news. Has it changed the foundation of what we believe to be how we learn and what is true and to play devil's advocate is it possibly a good thing now when you apply it to scientific knowledge that gets a bit hairy but like not trusting everything could that be a good thing for sure critical, critical thinking, thinking. critical yeah, thinking sure. maybe we're entering an era of the critical thinking revolution. The beginning critical of thinking. trust now even if it's like <laughs> i'm a flat earther and I ignore all science and I'm just gonna walk till I get to that fucking edge. I don't know what happens. <laughs> and then I, I keep walking around yeah. and around and around. Yeah, like if it's about self-discovery, or maybe no, like people, I, don't know. I think I know what you're saying. They have a good critical thinking. At the very least, what they believe, they've thought about it more deeply perhaps, and then looked at other things to, to see like if their beliefs are really grounded or not. I don't know. Yes, like, or maybe, maybe it's, it's about not more... believing fully in anything. At face value? At face value. That's right, taking everything with a grain of salt. What other expressions do we have? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, me. Could that be a good thing? It is a good like thing. Like a lot uh, of this book talked about the industrial revolution and farm or agriculture, sorry, that nobody thought that they were doing that when they were doing that. But yeah. what they created was some bad things. Some good, some bad. Yeah. There this book highlights particularly more of the negative side effects of that, but not in a judgmental way. But that's kind of interesting. It's, you don't know until you're out of it. You only can see sometimes yeah. I feel like Hindsight when you're in is something you see. Oh, there you go. Another little one at it. It makes me think of what was the agricultural example in particular that it's reminding me again of like our conversations with Squiggy um, around intention and impact. Like the intention was really great. This organized way of, and we don't just have to rely on just like happen to stumble across these berries. I could just plant the bush right here. And you know, and being able to have more planned cycles around when food could become available. If we didn't do that step, it wouldn't have freed us up enough to be able to sit and ponder about things, wonder about things, be able to step away from the immediate like hunting and gathering, but it did come at a cost. And yeah, it's so weird that there can be like two sides of the coin for all of these things. And like with your idea, Leah, about being high discerners, I would call it oh. and uh, not necessarily trusting everything at face value. I think that is like, it's great to have a critical mind to examine things, get curious. I'm obviously obsessed with curious because I brought it up previously before. Only every episode we've ever recorded. Every single one. Every conversation. Is Carol curious? Possible next tattoo is curious. <laughs> <laughs> Just forehead. <laughs> when does distrust of information start to spill over into distrust of others, distrust of people, distrust of self? And do we want to live in a world that has high distrust? Like already COVID, I've observed, 
seems to have increased in many of us much more distrust. And is that helping us out, especially you see that play out in the work world uh, when you don't have a lot of trust, like that's one of your foundational pieces, right? Like you can't get them. Well, I just wonder like, where did all these, like when you're talking, I'm thinking about conspiracy theories, right? Like there's a healthy level of distrust and discernment and critical thinking. And then there's people who like think they know better or have some inside scoop into like the Clintons eating babies or whatever the crazy (laughs) theories are. And like, when did that start? You know, like, did that happen before the scientific revolution? Did that happen before the enlightenment era? Like, when did that start that people started making up conspiracy theories? Fix. There is no fix here. It's all sources of media, including podcasting. It's like, all of this is just fucking opinion. It felt kind of good to like believe in news. Remember when you would watch the news and believe it? Yeah, I know, but I know what you're saying, Leah, because that's what makes me feel upset is that I want to be- Where do I go? Well, I want, that's what I say. I want to be someone who can go to a source and rely on that source and then use it to form my opinions about how I feel. Right. And then I do feel like the sources are all more and more unreliable because they're divided. And it's like- Political. Everything is a business. Everything. That's is a right. Business. I but feel they've the always same way. been like they've journalism. Always been. Yeah. Always been. Yeah. yeah it totally. did all yeah, during. You know, you read a newspaper knowing if it's left leaning or it's right leaning, and then you mm. take that and you use what you're talking about the critical thinking skills in order to process that and go, okay, I know who the editor is. I know what their view is. So mm. therefore, I can take that information. It's just unfortunately now online. But even with you don't science, know the sources. It's like even with things like science that should be a little bit more black and white, a little less gray. There's so much, it's like the COVID I don't even thing know really. Science is wholly objective. But also like yeah. journals are more likely to publish a paper if it's found mm. a result. And if it hasn't found one, if it said, oh, I studied this and there's no difference, then they're less likely to, to publish that. So then mm. you could have scientific paper that maybe the experiment wasn't very rigorous and they get like a certain result, but it found a difference and that's what's getting published. And maybe another researcher did something similar and it didn't, and that's not necessarily getting published. So it's, it's, uh, the stuff that's getting published is skewed towards differences rather than sameness. And also you have science writers, like, I don't know about you, like, one of the reasons I like science books is I want somebody to go and go through all the references and me like condense too. it down uh, for me. Like, especially when it comes to health related things. I want to feel like, okay, there's this none enough hours of the day for this. Yeah. And then there's so much science writing out there and <sighs> you have to find, ideally out, you y'all. find somebody that you trust <laughs> that does it and you trust. And then there's other people who misinterpret it because they want the clickbait and they want the fancy like headlines and the clickbait gets you know distributed faster and wider but even when you think of science also the science that's being done is the stuff that's being funded by the people who have the money for you to be like it's it's all the business Mm. there too because there's plenty of things that they should be doing scientifically but there's no money like we've talked about that with like women's health women's health women's health women's uh-huh. study <laughs> right right or even that remember we talked about race science and when that race came science. up and people decided to fund this idea of this race science to basically to prove that There's in their mind yeah that there was yeah. a superior race which is ridiculous and but 
it was funded and that's what people thought was oh well this study said that it just goes back to everything's know, a commodity everything's commercialized yeah. and but wasn't there a time when journalists were like taking the i don't know the journalistic version of a hippocratic oath where it was to find the truth yeah. and it wasn't about a leaning this way or a leaning that way and well where do they then work have where to can still we give it, it to the not editor. anymore they don't exist anymore but i think it's because of the same thing you're lamenting as well about how everything's become such a big business that like sarah says you can trace it back to whoever's funding whatever and that's the way that's the angle you're going to get fed but i feel like there was a time Lindsay not that long ago where journalism was just about reporting the truth like and uh, i mean i guess yeah. still that's subjective to whoever's reporting it right, what you yes. believe they're trying their best yeah. But, yeah. but yeah yeah what you're looking for right uh, yeah. yeah it was harder to find like in internet age it's easy to find other people who believe the same thing as you because mm-hmm. you can connect with whatever and so you can find those stories Whereas before, it's like the people who deny climate change. They'll say, well, there, here's some uh, scientific papers that uh, prove that it's not happening, right? But there's, it's the number of them. It's the kind of like that with the internet. You know, you can find if there's only a small percentage of people that believe in your, the crazy conspiracy that you believe in, you can still find a lot of people. In um, Sapiens, when he talks about what people, once gossiping came about, we could cooperate in groups of like 150. Then now you, it's easy to find your 150 to cooperate mm. with oh my yeah. god like, for sure reaffirm all of the well, things and you add to believe. that algorithms right like they'll bring your 150 to you yeah yeah so yeah. then it's part yeah. of what we can do is really researching who are the in- people out there producing information and seeing if we're on board with their perspective and ethics and integrity is that one step that we could take then but again, it's all just judgment, right? And the critical thinking, the critical thinking revolution. Like, and who's, you know, who's funding? Okay, who who owns that newspaper? And what businesses are, do they have like interests in? And it, the amount of research and bubble and rabbit hole you would have to go down just to determine if that one article you read. Who has time? Just to like watch something on Netflix. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three and a half hours later. I think you just find a news or numerous news sources that you trust and that aren't BuzzFeed and look at their investigative journalism. I mean, I went to journalism school, so I do know, I know Kimmy were saying you hope there was a time when people, I think everybody has a viewpoint. So anyone writing any article, you can choose to add some information and not other, and all of a sudden it's leaning towards something or the other. So you're never gonna get completely unbiased. There's three sides to every story, yours, mine, and the truth. Ooh, tell me this. That's another good one, Mare. Yeah, that's a good one. I was thinking like, maybe this uh, critical thinking revolution or whatever we wanna call it, the uh, Trump Trump today, will end with the rise of the cyborg. Because oh. Sarah's yeah. like, we didn't really talk about like the idea of cyborgs. and No, a cyborgs scare me. Doesn't Alexa kind of freak you guys out or sometimes Siri? Siri's mm-hmm. not a cyborg. It isn't like a cyborg. Like, Well, that's a good question. What is the definition robot. of a cyborg? I think so, I part think human, part robot. We don't know so, percentages, but I think there has to be some human organs at least left. Yeah, so there will pe- be people who might be- People cyborgs. right now who are cyborgs. Yeah, then. who have- They actually have the technology now where your brain can talk to an artificial arm and the artificial arm will move. Oh, like robotic. From your brain. Wow. Just cool. Yeah, they have that. How groovy So if that? you've lost your arm. I think a lot of like army 
you know, vets and stuff who've lost their their limbs during in battle have they've uh, have some of those for them, which mm-hmm. is really cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. And they also they, in that in Sapiens they also mentioned how they're they're doing research right now where um, a computer can analyze your thoughts. Really amazing. A human's thoughts and put it into the computer. Like you don't have to tell Suri mm. anymore any questions. Suri will just know Ooh. your your thoughts. I don't like that. Me neither. That freaked me out. I wouldn't want that. Same. I'm not into it. Yeah. She never understands me anyway. She's a dirty birdie. <laughs> have you seen like, that no. show? Oh, Black Mirror. I love they that do. show. Oh, that's pretty. I only watched a few so episodes, but there was one where it's like it's all like a lot of it's about kind of the, it's very the dark. AI and was it that uh, one disturbing. with Bryce Dallas Howard? Yeah, yeah, that one. That's, that's the one I remember too. Where she like had to get like likes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And then and you couldn't going... get like a taxi to come get you because you didn't have enough likes. Or it was so yeah. stressful. And so she had to say hello to everybody and be really charming all the time because yeah, yeah. everybody judged you every single moment. It was really freaky. Well, stuff uh, like that is happening in the world, right? Isn't yeah. Isn't well, that's the which point. government gives you like points for being like socially responsible? Over- Who does China? Oh, there, you get a point system, mm-hmm. and you have to keep. Like, if you do something bad, you lose points. That's classic like, behavior modification. Mm-hmm. It is. But, but like, it works they, for me on Uber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so afraid to lose, lose my five stars on Uber. That was kind of the gist of that Black I'm Mirror like, episode. It was based on, like, best. how you rate your driver. And, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody's rating you yeah, all the but time. Everybody's like, my best you. behavior yeah. if I take an Uber. Now, granted, I haven't taken an Uber in, like, a year and a half. It's because you're scared by the topic of conversation we had when we talked to Swiggy. Remember yeah, because you're inadvertently racist to Uber drivers. Open conversations <laughs> with anybody with an accent. Oh my god, yeah. Fuck, I'm gonna go full deer in the headlights. They're gonna be like, How was your night? I'm gonna be like, Bored. Like me. Siri, and what I don't do I mean say? that condescendingly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not gonna ask you where you're from. Yeah. I don't care where you're from. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Uh, Beating at my mom, she has like the Google thing in her house. It freaks me out. Like, Much hey, bigger. Google, hey, Google everything. Like, it's like Google's always listening. And sometimes she just pipes in out of the blue and you're like, oh. your phone's <laughs> listening. Everything's remember- listening. Even if you don't have Google in your home, our phones are listening. Like, isn't it the freakiest thing when you've been like talking to someone on your cell or you have your laptop in front of you and then you go to do a search and then one of the ads, you're like, how did you know? Mm-hmm. I was saying that's freaky. Yeah, that's so freaky. I was saying to Dan that like uh if if I'm not gonna be since I'm not gonna be working, maybe I'll try like writing, like getting paid for writing. And then like that night we were watching uh something on like oh it might have been on YouTube. I got an ad for um self-publishing, self-publishing authors. It happens all the time. I was talking about you assholes. Like that's what I say. Because they know we're not going to modify our behavior. They know we're going to keep using our cell phones. We're going to keep Googling everything. And yet we'll have an awareness that we're being watched. (laughs) Wouldn't it be cool if you had like to think on the other, I know it's creepy to have a, a computer in your head, but wouldn't it be super cool if you're like, all the knowledge of the universe in your brain like i don't know i guess it would be the same as like the matrix like the me i think about that all the time i I would love that like just plugging myself (laughs) in to just know everything would be amazing but then what would you do with your time i I just would want to i don't want 
computers to know what I'm thinking when I'm worrying about something and I have to talk myself out of it. I don't want like, I don't know, Google to be like, it's okay. It'll be fine. Like I'll be like, Wah, get out of my head. No, I'm worried I'm about, worried that. about you. <laughs> but that is kind of what it is. It's like the fear of like everybody knowing the vulnerable on the inside. It's like, we want all the cake, but none of the sugar. We just don't want everybody to know how fucking gross we are, how pervy we are, how negative we are. Again, I'm mm. going to say per- how pervy we are. Her. How judgy <laughs> everyone is with that creamy coffee. Yeah. That creamy, <laughs> that creamy, frothy, coffee. creamy cappuccino. Is this going to be an just... ongoing theme? It is for now on. I feel like it is. As sick as we can be. Well, I was just going to um, say, is this app, this is going to air before. Everyone should tune really in to the 4% it. fix if you want to know what we're talking about. There you go. Spoiler. There we go. This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. So my interruption today is kind of sad, or at least it's a bummer. I'm just feeling so discouraged. My neck keeps getting thrown out, probably because of how I have to, the posture I choose, I choose to use while working. And I've been working away at it, going to the chiropractor and physio, but I keep getting all locked up and making my life really obnoxious. Plus I move around like Frankenstein and it's a real interruption in my day-to-day life to the point of I can't drive sometimes because I can't check a blind spot. Luckily I live close to work and can walk to most stores and work, but it's bumming me right out. I guess I have to make physical like re like stretching out and physical rehab a part of my daily life, which seems it seems kind of ridiculous that I need almost like rehab from work. <laughs> like it's sad or from, I don't know, whatever. I just, from, I need rehab from standing and sitting the way I do. So that's bumming me out. Like as if I wasn't getting up early enough. Now I got to get up fucking at 5 a.m. Stretch. Jesus. And if this is how I feel at pre 40, oh my God, please tell me it doesn't get worse. Maybe it gets better. Maybe if I stretch all the time, it'll get better. Anyways, that's my rant of grumpiness. And that's all I got, all I got to say. Probably more than enough. Book interrupted. It's book report time. We're going to find out from each member their final thoughts. And do they recommend the book? Let's listen. Hi, this is my book report for Sabians. A Brief History of Humankind. I don't find it so brief. I am not even close to finish, but I'm still doing my book report because I'm headed away and I'm not going to be able to um, do it do it for a while. I'm headed away on a camping trip. So, and you'll understand why it has this beautiful new cover sleeve. If you listen to, my guess is episode one on Sapiens. I love the book. I did not finish the book. I intend to keep reading the book well after this. I can finish it because it's my book choice and I want to finish it. It's an easy read. It's such a good read. He is such a good fracking author. He makes history literally come alive. It's like reading a child's storybook human about human history. It is probably one of the best books I've ever read. I can't wait to keep reading it. I love it. All like there's just, it just flows so seamlessly from topic to topic. It reads so much like almost like a fiction, but it's so packed with knowledge and information. 
I'm so glad I chose it as my book choice. And I recommend this book for anybody. The only downer is that it's a long book, but that, I don't even think that's a downer. It's a great fucking read. In summation, I love it. And that's all I got to say about that. I'm going to keep at it. Um, hardly a good book report because I haven't finished. But I have a feeling by the end, I'll feel the same way. And that's all I got to say about that. See you in the next book. I don't even know where to begin. I have thought about this book report quite a bit for weeks actually because I devoured this book. I enjoyed it so much. I um, am definitely going to get the next one. And the next one is about what he thinks the future holds. I think it'll be very interesting. So I'm just going to touch on a couple things because there's just too many topics to dive into here for a book report. I could go on forever. One of the things I wanted to talk about, he talks about our uh, current sapiens happier than sapiens in the past. And historians don't typically look at this, but research has recently been done and they assume because of all of our advances that we must be happier than, you know, mid medieval sapiens or hunter-gatherers. But when they did the research, what they found is happiness does not really depend on objective conditions of either wealth, health, or even community. Rather, it depends on the correlation between objective conditions and subjective expectations. I found that so fascinating because you can say like, well, of course we are better off because, you know, child mortality or being clean all the time or whatever, knowing where our food's coming from, we must be happier. But one of the examples he gave is like, let's say you wanted a, I think he said a horse and buggy, and you get a horse and buggy, you're content. But if you wanted a Ferrari and you got some sort of economy car of some sort, you would feel deprived. Anyway, I just found that really interesting because it is like, how could we possibly know if we were happier than our ancestors? Maybe our hunter-gatherers were much happier as a whole than we are. Uh, another thread that he put through, and it was mostly in the capitalism, but in other areas as well, is that sapiens, it, it goes into the slave trade, it goes into colonialism, it goes into just capitalism in the sciences too, about if is sapiens are not directly involved in some of these horrific things that we have done in history, then we're almost like complacent. And it goes into even about animals, right? Like on conveyor belts and not living happy, peaceful lives and showing that animals are in distress by our factory farming and getting rid of like male chicks, just killing them off because they don't produce eggs. I happen to live somewhere where factory farms aren't the norm. So I still do see cows roaming around and, you know, male chickens and all that kind of stuff. But it just makes you think because you're not, you have no relation with your food anymore, then you're complacent about how it comes, right? Like, well, I'm just going out for dinner. Even if you're conscious, like I buy organic, whatever, but occasionally you go out for dinner and you don't think anything about it. Or invading other people's countries. if people were home being giving to charity and raising their children and being good people in society in their society while all these other people were out there doing these horrific things that benefited them directly so i just it makes me really think about that too especially since we just read nonviolent communication about empathy it's hard to have empathy for another person when you don't have any sort of connection with them 
being disconnected from nature in the name of progress and stuff makes you complicit to the horrors and the direction we're going. Anyway, just really, there's so many things that makes you think in this book. They talk about how we're, you know, we've, through history, we've always lived in empires and we probably will continue to do that. But what will that look like and how we're all connected now because of the global economy. Anyway, there's so much in this book. I don't, I, I just can't wait to talk to all the rest of the, the girls about the book. I wonder what they're getting out of it and if they liked it as much as I did. I, I've got, I've heard from some of them that are having a hard time getting through it. But um, the end is also very interesting about he goes into cyborgs and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I recommend the book. Read it. It's super interesting. If there's a dry part that you don't like, it gets more interesting as you continue along. First things first, update. I finished it. I didn't think I was going to. And um, I did. So I'm very proud of that. There's a dog here clicking around underneath my desk. So you can probably hear that. What an interruption. Good. Readjusted. So it turns out that I don't want to read about sapiens. I just wanted to read about one sapien. Is that even right? I think that sapiens is a plural. I mean, not a plural. Like, what's the plural of sapiens? I don't know, because I'm pretty sure sapiens is the singular. Anyway, the point is I wanted to read a book about Demi Moore her autobiography or biography. I can never remember which one it is. And I was very distracted, but I plowed through Sapiens. We were lucky because, well, not lucky because it involved an injury to Leah, but our schedule was changed. So we all essentially had a little bit more time to finish the book. And I used that time to actually finish the book. I wanted to finish it because it's a big book and there's some ego attached to that. <laughs> so I did it because of ego, not because of interest. It's hard for me to say. It's interesting. I didn't not enjoy reading it, but I wouldn't go so far as to say I did enjoy it. It was kind of um, like a roller coaster. It wasn't consistent. So in the beginning, I was into it. It was very interesting. I was engaged and I was like, then I was enjoying reading. And then as I got to the middle and then like once I was two thirds of the way book of the way through the book, that's when I stopped reading and it was hard, really hard to get back into reading. Like I, I was not as captured by it. And that's also around the same time I got my Demi Moore book. So maybe that had something to do with it. I guess also because it's a brief history of mankind, the beginning I wasn't as aware of as the two thirds of the way through when it starts talking about capitalism and everything else. Also, I found like, I find it really, I was kind of both. It's soothing, I guess, that it's always been like this, but it's also upsetting because I wish that wasn't how the world got to where it is with all the colonialism. And there's something else, there's another word, modernity. I don't know. Anyways, it gives, I guess it just kind of got depressing for me too. Because as Yuval Noah Harari step by step followed the path of how we got to where we are today, there's parts of it that make me sad. So, like, I don't like how, like, it really hit home with me the part where we don't take into consideration uh, the emotional experience of animals. I'm guilty, totally guilty. Like I'm a meat eater right now. But when it was put in that perspective of 
they have the same or similar psychological and emotional needs as we do. Like that monkey experiment where the baby monkey clings to the like nurturing figure over clinging to the nourishing figure. Uh, that made that stuck with me. I'm really strongly considering in the very least introducing more vegetarianism into my life, if not going full blown veggie, which will be difficult for me. But when I think about how we use animals just as like products, it makes me feel kind of sick and super sad and guilty, I guess. Like I don't want babies to be ripped away from their mothers while the mother stays and gets like re-inseminated artificially and it's just crazy like when when you read it when it's described like in play-by-play detail like that it's very upsetting and that was something that stuck with me which is funny because it's not even like the point of the book really it's just a moment in time in the book right like it's just an almost an afterthought like yeah we separated ourselves that's how we treat the animals anyways on to the March of Man or whatever, but that was one of the big takeaways for me was having that laid out in that way made me really consider or reconsider, you know, exactly how my actions play into that. So, Sapiens, finished it. Yeah, you should read it. Good info, but it doesn't light me up like other books do. It was, it felt like school. I don't know. It's hard for me to put my finger on it. Anyway, so I do recommend it, even though, like, I'm sure with this recommendation, you're just going to be running out to go grab the book. But it is honestly really interesting. It's very informative. And it's a, it's a neat perspective that the author offers. I also found the very end where he kind of projects into the future, which is probably a sneak peek at Homo Deus, which is the next book. I thought some of those predictions, I guess, for lack of a better word, were interesting and cool. And they also made me feel a bit, little bit better because I tend to observe the history that is being described in Sapiens and feel really uh, hopeless or helpless. Like, well, like clearly we're on a path to screwing ourselves. But some of the options of the way that the future could go that Yuval Harari offers were interesting and kind of cool. Like, some of that science stuff was was neat. So there's that. Anyway, I'm just happy to report that I finished it. I really like this book. It's full of history. It's thought-provoking. And frankly, I really just like his writing style. In fact, I think I'm going to read one of his other books. What can we say about Sapiens? There's so much to it. It starts with early humans, and it talks about the cognitive revolution, the agricultural revolution, the scientific revolution. It talks about religion and culture and capitalism and consumerism and the modern day. There's so much to it and it's all interesting in my opinion. This book is most compelling probably because it's about me and it's about you. It's about all of us homo sapiens and you know how we got to where we are today and what it used to be before. It spouts some pretty uncomfortable truths, like the idea that human rights is a story that we tell ourselves that it was constructed by humans. He does have a knack, though, for saying these things without making me feel defensive. And maybe that's because he kind of laid the groundwork explaining why storytelling is so important for humans, how storytelling helps us cooperate in 
incredibly large groups, whereas before we were probably limited to about 200 individuals. So that's okay. If you can accept that storytelling is important as a homo sapiens, and you accept that human rights is a story, it doesn't follow that it's not a good thing. You can say it's important to me, and storytelling is important to me, and that's okay. What else to say about this book? It has some very interesting tidbits in it. One in particular that stood out is it said that the United States alone spends more money on diets every year than it would need to feed all the hungry people in the world. I guess that's, that is a little surprising and not surprising since I also live in a consumerist and capitalist culture, but it is interesting, you know, how much consumerism and capitalism consumes. I guess that's where it gets its name. So do I think you should read this book? Yes, I highly recommend it. In fact, I've already recommended it to a lot of people. Now for Book Interrupted, we had to read this book over six weeks, which seemed a little fast. Uh, there's so many ideas in here and I think I'd like to read it again so I can let those ideas marinate. I also think that if I go back to the beginning, I'm going to notice things um, that I wouldn't have having now read through the entire text and how the future maybe was looking back, maybe we could predict where we were going to be by looking at our past. So I highly recommend Sapiens. Uh, go out and get it, borrow it from a library, whatever. Um, I think there's something in here for everybody that you'll find interesting. Hey, so this is my final book report for Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. And um, I'm just trying to eke out some time. I'm actually sitting on the bed in the house that we're renting in Newfoundland. Uh, we're kind of in the thick of the festival, so I'm sneaking in like 10 minutes to do this. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed the book. It was uh, really fascinating learning about, you know, the, where humans came from and the future of where we might be going and cyborgs. And then right now, capitalism and religion. And it touched on so many different topics. Uh, the first half, I was probably more my style. I was really into it. Second half, it took me a lot longer to read. I didn't finish it in the week that I wanted to. And I'm kind of pushing it. I'm behind on my deadline right now. But I really did enjoy it. And actually the second half, even though it was, took me longer to read, is the things that I end up kind of bringing up in conversation with people when I'm talking about this book. So that's really interesting. I think actually now that I've sat with it for a bit, more stuff keeps coming up, more ideas and more um, ways that I want to maybe reread some of the sections of this book. So I would definitely recommend this book to other people. It's definitely not an easy read. I don't know if it's a summer read. I think it's something that you want to read a bit, really digest, think about, talk about. It's also, you know, definitely has a viewpoint. It's not just historical, which is interesting too. Harari is a vegan from what I understand, and I can see that in the book. So that's about it. I don't know. I'm sure I wrote other things. I didn't actually write notes the second half either. Just didn't have time. I, I'm trying to glance at it. But forget it. Forget it. I'm just going to end this now. So great. Yeah, we'll see you in the next book. And uh, thanks again, Leah, for picking this book. Really interesting. Okay, bye. This book report isn't due for another week, but I'm like, why bother putting that off? Because I'm only on chapter two. And I don't foresee myself being able to complete the remaining, how many pages is it? 480 pages by then. I'd like to think I will, but you know, I'm still doing that cheating thing 
that I mentioned in my previous personal journals uh, where I'm reading that other book. I'm two-timing. Oh my god. Oh, this is horrible. So yeah, I might as well just come clean. I have not completed this book. No offense to the author. It's actually quite wonderful. It's an incredible read and I want to continue reading it. I just haven't been able to do so within a six-week book cycle. I have to say though, the chapter two is pretty darn interesting. Um, like, who knew that um, our ability to communicate and using like new types of language uh, was actually just due to a mutation? It was just by chance that the sapiens had what they call a tree of knowledge mutation. And that just kind of made me laugh out loud. Oftentimes we do dismiss uh, how timing plays into things and how sometimes there are like chance occurrences or coincidences. It gives us such reassurance as human beings uh, to think that we are in control at all times. I mean, I don't want to speak on behalf of others. I know that absolutely rings true uh, for me. You can only control so many things. You can only really make choices for yourself and decisions for yourself. And then come what may, some things just happen in our world just because, just because of a chance. Uh, so I really appreciated that chapter and just thought like, wow, all of our sophisticated modern advancements was really uh, just attributable to a mutated gene in the DNA, our ability to develop sophisticated language. And do you know what chapter two actually goes on to talk about? This also made me chuckle. That what did we do with our sophisticated language? We used it to gossip. To gossip! Isn't that incredible? I mean, yeah, it's absolutely important as uh, social creatures to be able to share information about ourselves and each other, who's in the tribe. But again, that was just a delightful piece of information. It just, uh, it tickles me pink for whatever reason. How oftentimes, you know, as humans, we like to think of ourselves as like more sophisticated, more advanced. I'm, I'm not an animal, but really like truly we, we are animals. We're mammals and we are from nature. And yet, what do we use our language skills to do? First thing on the list, let's do some good old-fashioned gossiping. So let's gossip, friends. Let's gossip about how I've been two-timing on this book and reading another one and how I'm a slow reader and I'm only on chapter two and it's book report time. I highly recommend this book and maybe I'll do a follow-up segment when I actually do complete reading it, but uh, so far so good. Yay to chapter one and chapter two, my friends. Have a good one. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe and you'll be notified when there's new content. Want to be part of the conversation? Have your voice heard on our fan episode next week. Or recommend a book and you could be joining us for a six-week book cycle. Find out more by going to www.bookinterrupted.com fans. Book Interrupted. Never forget, every child matters.